0: Oh, God. Welcome to the uh, Good Friday edition of Blair and Barker. Hey,
1: Jeff. Hey, how are you, Bart? Living a drink.
0: Alrighty, that's usually <laughs> my line. But uh, I'll, 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 I'll give it to you today. Things things are changing Things are changing. Like you're adopting more and more of my approach to things, <laughs> while I'm adopting more and more of what you used to be like. Mm. Whose fault is that? You think? I I don't know if we it's osmosis the of this? or what. No, we got to the bottom of the hour at some point though. As, We'll, we'll talk baseball. We'll, we'll get around to baseball. Yeah, don't tell yesterday, yesterday on Blue Jays, I'm gonna because it's fun. You've got a choice: I either tell them the story, <clears throat> either tell them the story about the box spring, or I tell them a story about the bottom of the hour. Yesterday in Blue Jays, talk. Uh, we were, really? we're, we're watching. You are watching, tell this? Well, I think it's funny. We're it's watching. Not funny. Well, it, it just. We're, I was so chapped. <laughs> we're watching the game. We're trying to figure out how long Blue Jays talk is going to go. So it's either going to go to five fifteen before we hand it over Can't to uh, Ben this. Ennis and Blake Murphy, or, or it's going to go to five thirty. <laughs> so uh, I am in the studio and I am talking to our technical <laughs> guys, and I say to Barker, "Hey, you know what? The way the game's going, let's go. Let's not go to 515. Let's go to the bottom of the hour. And Barker goes, bottom of the hour? What the hell are we going to talk about for all that time? I I said, it's only an extra 15 minutes. He goes, no, it's not. And then it occurred to me, Kevin Uh, didn't realize that the bottom of the hour was like, like 10.30. What kind of friend are you? Well, you just, that's, that's amazing. Actually,
1: I, I, well, I really wasn't thinking I about could it. Tell the box spring story. <laughs> I'm still
0: chapped about that. He I was, really. <laughs> it, we should find out how many friends you are. We should find out it's how many amazing. how many people are surprised that the the box spring for a king size bed that there's two of them. <laughs> right to it. I mean, anyhow, enough really? of that no, no, no. We'll talk about Boy. the. Uh, <sighs> oh man, they're both in the same bag. Uh, anyhow, we'll talk to. We'll be joined by Mark. Mark Goobzell later on, he's the uh, Angels TV analyst. The Jays, three days left in the road trip from hell. Not really. But uh, people, I mean, some people are making a big deal about 10-game road trip or like it never happens before. I mean, I know it's hard to start the year in a 10-game trip. But anyhow, Jays are 4-3 uh, and three after a mm-hmm. 6-3 win over Kansas City mm-hmm. yesterday. And uh, they're in Anaheim tonight for the first of three against the Angels. No, Shohei Otani will not be pitching He's hitting in any of the games, but he's hitting. <laughs> and he's left handed. Exactly. <laughs> Chris Bassett uh, gets a start tonight against Patrick Sandoval. And uh, first pitch is, is today a 10.07, first pitch, 9.07, 10.07. Because the Angels, Angels always screw around with their times. 10.07 Eastern on SportsNet 590 The Fan. And. Sportsnet. Uh, wow. Nine thirty-eight p.m. There we go. I guess I could just open my laptop and look at it. Look at that. It doesn't matter. The Angels change stuff all the time. They do. They're they're notorious for 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 that. Anyhow. Um, C.J. Nicklaus, I mentioned, w- will join us, and, and Mark Goobs as well. So uh, we'll have a lot of uh, we'll have a lot of talk ahead, looking around baseball. But I want to focus on the Blue Jays right now. Uh, Kevin Gossman yesterday. Again, the usual caveat, the Royals stink for the most part. But Kevin Gossman yesterday, uh, I mean, six innings pitched, four hits, seven strikeouts, two walks, 86 pitches, 56 strikes. Some talk about his velocity being down. Uh, Gossman himself said after the game that it might have had a bit to do with the cold, the cold weather. But I think... Kevin, something that I know from the work you did down in 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 Florida. I mean, one of the things that one of the things he's been working on is it's not taking stuff off the two seamer, but. It, Focusing a little more on that and 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 getting more movement. On well, the ball. I
1: don't. I, well, look, I I don't think he actually throws a two seamer, <laughs> but I do think i day, that- day, Days that he is going through some things where it's just not right. coming out hot the way he wants it to all the time. Right? We saw it when he needed it for a couple of guys on base. 90, yeah. straight guys. He needs, to, guys, 95, he needs 96. to go away with three fastballs. He can go away with three fastballs at yeah. high velocity. So, yeah. Look, I I just don't think he had to. I think, and he was relying, okay, maybe if I don't have to sit at 93, 94, 95, 96, somewhere in that range, I can go 88 to 91 and just add a little movement. Like, it had a little run away from the lefty, you know, into the righty, like he was... Gloves away to both hitters was really good yesterday. That was a good pitch. And then obviously the split finger, which he threw more split fingers than he did four seamers, and mm-hmm. he only threw seven sliders, which is you know not a great pitch for him. It's just enough pitch. He's right. going to throw that just enough to make that hitter go, uh-oh. Now I have to look, I worry about that thing too, the same tunnel off the split finger, have the later break, you know, he can back foot it and to the lefty, he can go down and away to a righty. That's he something can steal he, a strike with it early in the count, like he can
0: do some things. That's with something it. he talked about when, when we talked mm-hmm. to him in spring training, one of the, the because he spent time working on the slider and one of the things he wanted to do. Was be, you talking? You're talking about the tunneling and all. It's one of the reasons he wanted. It. He was talking about wanting to Absolutely. change and eye levels and fastballs and all that. Danny, that's, that,
1: that's that's the best. That's the best I've seen Danny catch Gosman. He, you could tell, they really thought about set how quickly they set up and how late they set up. You could tell every pitch Danny would give the sign, however he wants to give it. Right, he pushed the button. He put the fingers down like I think they sort of figured out how they want to do that, but it's. I, I don't want to give anything away. You could tell that, right? He would set up late. He would look at the even at when the lefty was up. He would throw the split fingers a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. They'd give Vlad, you know the, the first baseman whatever they want to do about the breaking ball. Be ready for the ball coming to you. Those kind of things. You know, he gets a little wider base with the split finger, even the slider, because they want those balls down. That's sort of giving it away. He'd set up later. Like it was, you could tell he would made some adjustments when it come to that. So Danny was really good yesterday. Kevin Gossman's a really good pitcher. Like, I, I I I don't know how great he can be all season, but man, like I you're just at ease when he throws, right? It's just you know basically what he's gonna give you all the time. Yeah. And that's that's that has to be really comfortable for John Snyder and Pete Walker to know that, okay, that second guy. He's figured things out. Yeah. He knows what he's doing, and that's kind of it's, – it's, it's fun to watch. You don't really look at the team he's doing it against. Now, the velocity, he got away with it because the slider was three miles – or four miles an hour slower. Uh, the four-seamer was four miles an hour slower. Split finger was three miles an hour slower. I do think it's, you know, those off-speed pitches were slower. That may have something to do with the weather. Could be, yeah. Yeah, the fastball for me, it was – you know, it could have been weather, but for me, I think it was a little bit – I don't really have to. If I do a little bit of movement – I can get some quick outs. Get me a little deeper in games, and you know he's figured out all the mechanic things, the adjustments, the not balking. Yeah, he only does that toe tap thing two times now instead of five or six times. So,
0: you know, he's borderline great. The he seems to be another guy that has not only is is not only is he comfortable with the pitch clock, but I think he seems to be one of those guys that's kind of utilizing it to help him now too. Why not? He just he, the pacing. I mean, you're right. That was that was one of the. I don't know if I cleanest game probably not probably not the right word I'm looking for, but it there was really good there was just real good flow when they when the Jays were on the field to that game there was there wasn't a lot of
1: yeah stuff now, going again on. it helped that the offense scored first take a little pressure right. off of him right that gets back to that thing maybe you don't have to throw ninety five all the time you can deal with some movement mm-hmm. you can attack the zone. You know, you can live on the corners. Again, a waiter to lefties was a big pitch for him, right? You don't have to – if you're locating it, Jeff, you don't have to throw it 95. Yep. You got a little late movement to it, and you got that devastating split finger, which he fell in love with yesterday because, you know, a younger team wants to be aggressive, <laughs> hasn't seen that thing a ton. You can get after some dudes. He threw enough fastballs down for strikes to make them – force them to swing at the split finger down. So, I mean, I, I think I'm more shocked when he doesn't pitch well. That, that's me anyway.
0: Uh, a reminder that the back leg line is open. 416-413-3959. We'll actually be going to it at 1030. So uh, feel free to call up and leave questions, comments. Maybe leave a joke for Kevin. Something that'll make him laugh. Mm. A clean joke, though. Yeah. Vladdy, 436-foot home run yesterday. Uh, he is now... He's building on that number of plate appearances... With only one strikeout, we're up to – what do we say? Are we up to – are we up to to uh, 30? No, we're way past. We must be way past that. Um, there it is. Look, Jeff. There's six games in 26 plate appearances. We talked about this yesterday. in one strikeout. So f- add <clears throat> five more plate appearances yesterday. Those strikeouts, he got a home run. The
1: at-bats are better. A couple of – You can say it. The, the at-bats are better. A couple of singles. The, the, and, his fi- and his finish is – is like it was in 2021. That's, I've told you this a bazillion times, and I'll continue to say it. A lot of the times, now, he's a little different because he's got a lot going on in this lower half. That fl- fruition of that gather has to be on time. It's when he starts that, right? It's that you don't want to start it too soon where you're stopped, You get stale. You have to start again. It's the timing of that whole lower half, but it's it's finish. Like, he's getting to the big finish, which will tell you he can create loft with that thing, and that's what you want, right? And he's getting a better pitch to hit. That That's sort of the finishing Thing with him is okay. I've I've graduated with everything I want to do mechanically. I did see him early in the season when a runner on third have a two strike approach, which is silly. Like I just sometimes I don't get it. Like I just don't understand. Elite dudes just don't overthink it, but. I think he's gotten a little bit away from that. Now it's just, okay, I feel comfortable with everything I'm doing mechanically. I got the same thing I'm going to do over and over again. It's like Bo. It's like, sort of like Varsho now, like they figured out what they want to do with mechanics. Now it's what I don't want to swing at. I'll say that. If you don't want to swing at a ball in off the plate, figure out how not to do it. And I think you're starting to see him not do that. And that, Allows him to get to the big finish, right? It's he does have a little uppercut in his swing because he does have a bent upper half, which is sort of that analytics thing, right? You're trying to get it in mm-hmm. the air to be able to do those things and get to the big finish. You got to get a better pitch to hit. He's getting a better pitch to hit. He's hammering baseballs. It shows you, right? He's
0: yeah, the hard he, hit.
1: He, yeah, he's hit what twelve balls and, and over a hundred miles an hour. I mean, it, it's it, he he does he's an elite hitter. Period. Like, there, I don't think there's any... I think we've we've got past the fact of, you know, at least I have. I'm not worrying about the ground balls. The ground balls are because of what he's swinging at. And he can't get to his finish because of the pitch. He realized that in the offseason. The choice of words of I'm trying to walk more, that's the wrong way to say it. And I think he just said it the wrong way, Mm -hmm. at least when I was listening. I think, yeah, I think that's right. I'm going to be aggressive and selective. If I'm more selective than aggressive, and I'm in the middle because I'm elite and I have everything that elite hitters have. It also seems
0: seems to me that Vladdy may be more than anybody else in this team, and this is just anecdotal, just what your eyes tell you. If the team is scuffling offensively, it seems as if it weighs more on Vladdy when he comes up to the plate, which, I mean, he's the guy, right? That makes sense, but... you, you've noticed that last year, when when they're having trouble scoring runs, it seems to really weigh on Vladdy. And and I'm wondering if maybe Vladdy's a smart dude. He looks at this lineup. They didn't have George Springer yesterday. He he, he was given the day off. But he looks at this lineup, and I I've got to think that Vladdy looks behind him now and goes, you know, I mean, I know everybody loved Teoscar and all that, but Vladdy's smart enough to look at this lineup and see how it's built, see how it's constructed, and say, you know what, we're Kind of got some more varied, varied lineup here. There's a lot of stuff that can go on to win a game.
1: Let's remember, too, and I think it's sometimes hard to believe this, but the guys pitching against him are really good. (laughs) Like, they have really good game plans, and they can locate. That's the difference between the big leagues and the minor leagues. They can locate secondary pitches. They can make it look like a strike until the last second. They can allow you to get yourself out. And sometimes I think we forget that, that we're just – he's expected to go up because of the way we talk about him, and he is that kind of hitter. But sometimes you got to tip your hat, right, and just say he's trying to figure things out on the fly here because the league has adjusted to him. Again, there's one dude you're coming into town when you're facing the Blue Jays to get out first. It's him, mm-hmm. like you're, and you're now all of a sudden, because of who's around him and who's hitting behind him, you know, Marcus Simeon was hitting in front of him. He was having a really good year. He left. You know, they were in Buffalo. That's a big deal, right? I don't have to, I don't have to hit the ball real hard in Buffalo to have success, right? And so he's and they trying were in to. Before that, there so. you go. <laughs> so he's trying to figure out, right? Is it is it for real? Like, mm-hmm. can I do these things and be that aggressive that like I was in Buffalo and do that in real parks? Yeah, and it's sort of the realization that you know because of who's hitting around you, because a lot of things going on. There's a lot of pressure. Everybody's trying to say that you got to be the man. You got to carry us. Okay, that's still true, but refine it, simplify it, go up and be yourself. And that's if he does that, he's going to have the numbers that everybody wants him to have.
0: Seven games in, this is probably an unfair question, but seven games in, Matt Chapman is continuing to make hard contact. Uh, He's continuing to collect extra base hits, doubles. Uh, I'm not going to ask you if this is sustainable because we're only seven games in, but what you have seen from Matt Chapman this year, does it does it explain his success? In other words... Absolutely. The, uh, I'm, so this, this ain't a fluke is what and I'm some, saying. And, and, the, the changes he's made are being reflected in the hits he's getting.
1: I'll say this. This is what I say. Before he hit the double for, with the two RBIs, he swung it a ball up and fouled it off. He was walking back around the home plate and he sort of made the motion of with his hands, get the ball down. Mm-hmm. That will tell you right there all you need to know that he is not worrying whatsoever about his lower half. Like, that's just feeling right. Everything's going the way it's supposed to be going with that toe tap. He's using it with two strikes. He's never thinking about it now. And now all he's thinking about is get a good pitch to hit. If I get a good pitch to hit because i found my sweet spot with my lower half, all these things are going to happen. I'm going to get the barrel out in front. My direction with my front shoulder is going to be that right center field. Right? And I just react in. It's like that yesterday. I'm looking over there. I'm looking over there. My direction's in. I get in an athletic position with my front foot. Just my hips rotate. The ball goes where it's supposed to go because everything's right. I'm not thinking about my lower half, my mechanics. Can he do this all year? Is he a great hitter? Probably not. Again, I, I ask you, and I asked you this yesterday about Brandon Belt. What's a good year for Matt Chapman? That's what you got to ask you. Is he hit the 220s last year. Is it 240? Is it 250? Could it I dare say 260? I mean, if he's hitting close to 260, you're talking about those home run numbers going up well, he dramatically. Has,
0: he has talked about wanting to get back to that MVP season he had. What was his average in that MVP season? Do you know off uh, uh, off the top of your head? When he when he was uh, you know figured in the MVP race anyhow, yeah I don't know what you asked that question yesterday I don't know what a good like what a realistic improvement in average would be for Matt Chapman I I I just don't uh, I tend to think that in Matt Chapman's case Kevin you focus more on home runs and extra base hits right home runs and doubles okay are I think, what I want out of my guy
1: I think you're talking about uh, 2018 and 2019 2018 he hit 278 with with 24 homers and 68 RBIs in 2019, he hit two forty nine with 36 and 91. Mm-hmm. That there is what you're talking about. So it's not so much about the average. It's it's basically about mindset, direction, good pitch to hit, balance. Right? Yeah. It's. I'll just say it. That's a big deal when you can say to yourself after you foul a ball off. Just get it down. Mm-hmm. Like, stop swinging at that, basically. Tell yourself between your ear, enough. I'm too good to be doing that. Stop doing it. And when you get a ball down, because all those mechanic things you worked out in the offseason, spring training, you know, you went through your bumps in spring training and got your feet wet with that, too quick, too slow, you know, in the middle, you figured it out. Now you're on time. So, yeah, I, I would say somewhere in that 240 area. He He can hit 240. He'll put more balls in play. How many times did he strike out that year? That that's another thing, too. In 2019, how many times did he strike out? He struck out uh 147 times. That's about right. 18. How many walks? 2018, did... he struck out 146 times. Okay. Uh he had 58 walks in 2018. He had 73 walks in 2019. So you're there you go. You're looking at what he struck out 188 times last year. What was mm-hmm. no 170 times last year? He keeps it around that 140 punch out time. Year. Yep. Somewhere around two hundred forty, his numbers will be where he wants to. He'll get paid the money he wants.
0: Yeah. He uh he, he's, he really has been one of the stories, uh one of the stories of the early early sure season for longer. the Blue Jays. Oh, it really does. And Matt Chapman should never
1: be hitting seventh. I uh, yeah, you've, there, there, you've, has, there you, has to be a little made,
0: You've made that, there's
1: you've made that little, point. There's gotta be a little of that player in you where if I want to make big money. You got to go home and look in the mirror and go, seriously, I'm hitting seventh? Nah, seventh man. on a good lineup. And, uh, because yeah. you
0: keep hitting this way, you ain't going to be hitting seventh. Let's talk a little bit about the bullpen yesterday. Um, Tim Mesa came into the game. Tim Mesa, Trevor Richards, Richards. Predictability
1: is what it's all were about, We're not right?
0: good. Uh, the Jays had to go to Jimmy Garcia and, and Adam Simber. Uh, Adam Simber finished, finished the game. So, you know, day off for, uh, for Jordan Romano. Ahead of the uh, the trip to, to California, we've talked about the need for reliability, predictability. Out of sorry, predictability. Mm-hmm. You know, out of the guys not named Romano, basically, and, and maybe Garcia, Garcia Swanson. and Swanson. The mm-hmm. other guy you want predictability out of the other guys. What did you see? What makes good Tim Mesa, and what makes Oh, not so easy. good, Tim. Ah, velocity.
1: Ah, it's a, that's an easy. You, simp, you, you just solve simp, toss simply that ve- oh, simply velocity. Yeah, I know you okay. I remember you turned around a guy right hand and he threw 91 right down the middle. Can't do that, right? That's That gives you a chance to get the barrel out in front of the plate and create loft. That's You can't sinkers. That's what it does. A sinker ball guy, that's why they're trying to line up sinker ball guys and not throw him against guys that have flat bat pass, right? Because or uppercuts in their right. swing. So you're 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 trying to have the extra velocity predictability can't have one outing where it's 94, 97. And then the next one it's 90, 92. Your excuse can't be the weather. I'm sorry. You're a bullpen guy. guy. Throw enough in the pen to where you're throwing hard enough that when you come in, you miss location, you can get away with it. The 90 down the middle ain't going to work. This is what I said, right? Again, what, is gonna happen here. And I I I'm trying not to be hard on him because he is an unbelievable human being. Yes, yeah, he's okay. And when he is throwing harder, he's good.
0: We saw that in this series.
1: If he's on the team all year, it sort of forces the hand of John Snyder when playoff time comes. I have to use him. You want to use him in the playoffs? Yeah. Uh, not me. I mean, it's nothing against Tim Mesa. That's facts. That's what you're running into here is the predictability's just not there. I, if you ask John, you have no idea what you're getting from him or Trevor Richards right now because he's eliminated something with spin in it. I, I know the curveball got hammered last year, but if you're gonna send out a guy that's you want to go an inning and a third, an inning and two thirds, two innings, that kind of thing, you wouldn't think he'd have to have a wrinkle in something.
0: Yeah.
1: I. How do you get lefties and righties out throwing 92 with changeup? That's, that's, I mean, I know his changeup and his fastball have a big separation because his changeup's elite, but don't you have something that's spinning? Like you could back foot something. You have a big, you know, that I could steal a strike with something like that. I just don't know if that's sustainable having two pitches, if it is. So those, those are the two things I think is that they sort of need to iron out and figure out and, Because the rest of their guys are pretty good, right? You feel sort of comfortable with who you're going to bring in in big spots. And now, again, it's it's all about the scoreboard. Mm -hmm. All right? But Tim Mace is getting some big-time spots. Yes. Like, he's coming in the game against good lefties in some big-time spots where you need some outs. Well, his... It's a lot to ask.
0: I mean, I know that the matchup game now is much more than simply lefty versus righty. There's a lot that goes into the matchup game. But late in the game, it's still kind of... Lefty versus righty, or lefty versus lefty, and Tim Mesa has to be. He doesn't have a lot of utility for this team if he's not going to go well, out no. and, and get the first left-handed it's, hitter he sees. It's getting to the if point where if he doesn't get that guy out, there's no utility. It's getting him.
1: to the point where you get two guys up, and you you can somehow ask the bullpen coach how hard's Tim throwing can you tell how hard he's throwing I mean, not, is it 94? I I mean they can figure out everything that's my point though it's getting to the point where if it's 9092 the the cold weather thing's not an excuse for a bullpen yeah. guy we saw uh Garcia yesterday he's throwing hard he's 95 9598 like as normally is like it's not a, a that, the starter, obviously, he's going to adjust because he has to throw to a lot of batters, right? You just mm-hmm. sometimes it's just not coming off the fingers the right way, and you may see fluctuation in whichever pitch, right, because of the weather. His fingers might be swollen. He's trying to keep them warm. Like you got that's an excuse. Yep. I'm sorry, that's not an excuse for Tim Mesa or anybody else coming out of the pen. So, now you've got to come out hot. I, you you abs- can't gradually work into. Okay, how's Jordan Romano it? look? When I've said this to you last year, he turned the corner when. From the get, it was ninety-eight. Not no ninety-four. Like he figured out mechanically. He's not worn out, right? Doing mm-hmm. all that squatting and all that stuff. He's running in from the pin. Like he figured out that routine. I that's the issue they're gonna they're they're dealing with here, I think. Is you these guys are gonna help you. This bullpen's good enough to make the playoffs. We've seen this bullpen other than Swanson in the playoffs. Yep. Just by that right there will tell you it's not good enough. And that gets back to that point where you're going to face some tough – you're going to face some teams that have balanced lineups, which means that lefty thrower has to be really good unless you have tons of confidence in all your other righties. And I don't think they really do. That's why Tim Mason's on the team. Mm -hmm. How do they fix it, Jeff? Like, Because you have to – if you're going to go to him all year and he's here when it comes playoff time and that's his job – you feel like you have to go to him in the playoffs, and again, I, I say this: we saw it last year. So I think they're, I think they're going to have to make a decision one way or the, the other. Or if he's, if they're married to him, how do you consistently get it every time you see him? Is it something he's doing before he comes in the game? Whatever, like but, the ninety ninety two for
0: him don't okay. play because it doesn't move enough. But here's and here's, his location is not always great. here's the thing. You would think they would know by now. I'm sure they do. Because it's not like he just joined the team in spring training. If I year. know it, they know it. You know they know it. Yeah, but that, that's – no, but what I'm getting at is that sort of the mystery of that how come the Velo's up one time and down the next time. They should have – they should know that. And I, I, I guess what you're saying is, and it's right, as long as you're in the bullpen and you're the only lefty in the bullpen, you're going to get used. I mean, Absolutely. there's really no other point – there's no other point to ha- having him on the team. There really isn't. But, um, yeah, it's – if if you're John and you're making that call to the bullpen and you know you're we're talking about pockets and you got to face three, if one of those guys is so, if one of the guys you're using in the middle of a game in certain situations is just so erratic, that has to impact what you do with the other guys around him. Like you literally, you almost have to keep a guy ready in case you get Tim to take guys up
1: whenever. You're yeah. thinking about the pocket, Anyhow. right? It's the pocket you're figuring out. And that, again, it gets back to those no-brainers. I mean, you know, my pocket, I'd rather have my pocket being Swanson and Garcia and a legit eighth-inning dude. I don't – if they are two, three lefties in a row, he's right, I don't care. Yeah. Like, he throws so hard, his secondary pitch is so devastating that I don't care. And now, all of a sudden, you're matching up. With Garcia, because he is your hybrid. Swanson, he's your hybrid, right? And now, if you're a Jays fan and you're John Snyder and Pete
0: Walker, you're thinking, I got this? Because yeah. you got Jordan Romano in the ninth inning. Now you're frisky with that. Yeah. Uh, 416-413-3959 is the back leg line. We'll get to it after the break. We've also got tickets to give away as uh, part of our daily trivia question. We'll do that when we come back. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fans, Sportsnet 360 and wherever you get your favorite podcast.
2: Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show.
0: Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: You
0: now Barker's still what kind of friend you are. can't decide if I still like the music. We need to change it up. I don't. I, it's kind of. I find myself whistling it when I leave the office, which is. Should never take your work home with you. <clears throat> Anyhow.
1: Yeah, you don't do that.
0: Yep. What did you say, Boffo? Our producer got in my ear. What? What did I say that was? Yeah, we should. Well, we do have a theme. Uh, forgive me. I should know the guys. Terry, the guy from New Brunswick, did a Blair and Barker theme last year. And for some reason, we I guess there's a CRTC thing or whatever. I don't know. But it was kind of fun. Remember, we played that. But mm-hmm. maybe we could. Maybe a guy like Jason Isbell would do it. Hey, you have to pay him. Oh, well, you'd have to you'd pay, pay Jason him. Isbell big. You're surprised that I like Jason Isbell because I don't strike you as the type of guy that would like kind of a... No, that's not the Nashville good guy guy. I would pick. No. That's no. good. That's good. I'm I'm learning uh I'm learning about I guess country music from you. <laughs> your 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 playlist. You do have an eclectic playlist. I'm all over the place. You really are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do have an eclectic. I like
1: a playlist. lot of different music. You depends
0: do. Depends on my mood. Yeah, some of it's good. Uh we've been giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long. Here comes the bus. We've been giving you the chance to win Blue all Jays Day. tickets all season Day long Day. here in Blair and Barker. Whether you listen to the radio or on our podcast, all you have to do is, the cr- is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question to five ninety five ninety. We are giving away tickets today to see the Jays and Rays down at the newly refurbished Rogers Center in April Beautiful, fifty. I, I had a I had a person who was down there yesterday tell me it was really nice. That's and happy birthday to her. So-
1: Yes. We can say happy birthday I think, to Hazel. I don't think she'd be mad at me. Okay, happy birthday to Hazel.
0: Yeah. But you have to say it too. I mean, you you know, say happy birthday. Happy birthday, Hazel. Yes. Yeah. Like happy birthday, honey, or something like that? That's, that's a bit strong. Okay. <laughs> okay, anyhow, this is to uh, today's questions to win tickets to see the Jays and Rays at the Rogers Center on April 15th. Yesterday, we gave away tickets, and the question was, which current MLB manager started his playing career with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays? Did you intentionally call them the Devil Rays, by the way? Which is what? Oh, you are so on top of it, because that's what they were called before. See, there was a clue there. Anyhow, it was Rocco Baldelli, not Matt Quatraro or Kevin Cash. Now, Kevin Cash would make sense were it not for the fact that Kevin Cash played for the Blue Jays before he went. Mm. In fact, did he actually play for Tampa? He didn't, did he? Uh, Anyhow, there you go. This question's easier. And again, this is for tickets to see the Jays and uh, Rays at the Rogers Center on April 15th, our Rays. This former Blue Jays catcher ended his playing career as a member of the Rays in 2015. I would have had to think about this because there's... Well, I'd throw out a name of somebody. Well, I do
1: at- like the race, so I'd have had to go look it up, probably. Yeah.
0: Anyhow, yeah. this former Blue Jays catcher ended his playing career as a member of the Rays in 2015. Please text the answer to 59590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. you have to
1: think about this one.
0: Oh, Cash did? Okay, so Cash did play for the Rays. There you go. He did play. So, Kevin Cash, that was not, like, the dumbest answer.
1: Mm.
0: Not like the wrong Kirk- answer. Not like Kirk. Kirk Gibson or Sparky Anderson for a couple of days ago with the... I told you what that is. Tigers. A couple people sitting around. You won't write that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the back leg line. We are going to it earlier today. We have two guests in the next hour. Mark Gubza will join us to break down the Angels. And CJ Nitkowski will be along. He's a former MLB pitcher. Host of Loud Outs on MLB Radio Network. We'll take a look around the game. We'll get CJ's taking what he's seen from the Blue Jays. We got a Chris Bassett start followed by a Jose Barrios start in this Angels series. Candles, yep. candles? I got a, I, I got the fireplace going. Never mind the candles. <laughs> for which one? Both. Wow, that's expensive. You know, I mean, I, stop it, Lance. No, I, I, yeah, we got a lot of candles. We got a lot of candles ready uh, Already? for that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just using the ones that I kept for Kikuchi starts. I'm just, I'm just yeah, pulled them up, my special yeah, ones. 416 413 3959 is the back leg line. Every day we take uh, calls. People call in more accurately. We take use the voice messages and uh, it's a chance to talk to Kevin, question him, criticize him, humor him, entertain him, whatever. Whatever you want to do to Kevin Barker. Actually, that doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, 416-413-3959 is the back leg line. Dave from Petrolia Nice. called in.
3: I'm really concerned about the in-stadium experience that's going to be happening for Major League Baseball. Yes, the new changes are great for people watching baseball on TV, but I'm worried about concession lines and missing games most of the game because of the pace of play. I'm going to the home opener, looking forward to it. Go Jay. I mean, and it's a
1: great question. It, it, it is.
0: It really is a great question. And uh, Rob Manfred actually addressed this last weekend. He was asked about, as part of their studies surrounding the pitch clock, did they do, whether it was a focus group or whatever, was there any work done on the impact it would have on concession sales? Now, in the minor leagues, the impact wasn't dramatic. In fact, in some cases, they sold more beer because people are power drinking. I mean, I, I can't put it any other way. I, you know, instead of going one, God damn, I've i, 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 I got to get two because it could be the—it could be the ninth inning by the oh, time. It's, seriously, that so makes sense. But at the end of the day, there wasn't it, up. There, there wasn't a. Uh, it, it did. And again it's minor dramatic leagues change, minor leagues, so it's different anyhow but there, there wasn't that dramatic a change uh, let, let's let's see how it plays out at the new ballpark you know there there's one of the things and I don't know if the Jays have this or not, but one of the things you're seeing in some of the stadiums in the states are sort of these express lines where you go and you you take a beer out of the freezer and you scan it yourself and you you know you pay with with your card and, and away you go. Um, and I don't know. I, th- I don't know if they necessarily have well, that. I, I think they do. I think I remember seeing in social media. There is one. Lance said, okay, so self-serve beer spot. But, yeah, it, it, it's a valid point. And it's a great point. Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, was on a panel with Rob Manfred and Gary Bettman, and um, uh, uh, this was like two or three years ago. And they were talking about the advent of in-game, in-stadium in gaming. So gambling while the game is going on in-stadium. And Adam Silver told Rob Manfred, it was actually it was kind of a funny moment. He said, I don't know why you guys want to speed up the game. Your game is perfect for in-stadium gaming. Mm-hmm. You can bet pitch by pitch, like whatever. Sure. Why would you speed it up in order to take away, in order to impact your this revenue stream? Awful. That's why. Well, yeah, but I've got to think that all these numbers have been run well, and that if if speeding up the game was going to put teams into bankruptcy, they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. But if it's going to, you know, for fans, it's going to take a while. You're to going to have to game plan. You're going to have to game you plan. Are. You're going to have think to game plan. And Like I, if your favorite
1: hitter is coming around and you want to watch him, don't get your beer then. Wait. Right? And, and I so you think got a game plan. so. Around. What you're
0: saying is, hey, when Brandon Bell comes up, everybody go to the concessions.
1: <laughs> Be nice, huh? Isn't it early?
0: Be looking there. Uh, you know what? Let's stay. Brandon's coming up in the next weekend. We can wait and go. Mm. Uh, anyhow, but yeah, with and with That's all great- the with all the new areas at the Rogers Center. You know, maybe we can the, the get
1: Mark on or somebody to answer that question. Yeah, for us. It is, yeah, it is a great
0: question. But with it all is. the areas the, you know, you're gonna be walking to and all that, I would think there's probably more opportunity to get a drink, get something to eat, and watch the game. So you don't mm. so maybe when you get something to drink, you don't go to your seat. Maybe you get something to drink. And you or go maybe you and get understand. it before the
1: game starts, and, and you only have, you know, maybe you get two Man, before I'd, the game we starts. Way, right? Before the too, game starts. We went
0: way too deep into that. but uh, That was a good answer, it was, but it was, it was a great was, question. A good, good question. It is. Hey, we've got another caller from Australia. Is there any way Pretty of finding cool. out our, uh, like, what our, I guess I could find out. I know our podcast ratings in France, for some reason, I think are really good. I wonder if we should look at Australia, because mm. we seem to get a lot of. Uh, I'll let you look. Anyhow, yeah. Uh, sorry, Lance. Uh, we've got a caller from Australia
3: and Belt, I'm, I'm mm. sensing that his uh, season is not going to be taken off for a few weeks. reminds me a little bit of when we brought Frank Thomas into the team that first Ooh. year. Uh, he was able to get it going probably midway through May and had a great first year. Now, the second year didn't go so well, and we had to release him. But uh, I'd love to see him get some more bats and hopefully he could turn things around. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it. He does not look good. What do you have, three strikeouts again yesterday? Uh, You know, swinging and missing at 91, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. Again, I think you have to give this guy – let's have this discussion at the end of April. Let's have this discussion with Brandon Bell at the end of April.
1: He's going to get chances because it's it's a lot more about keeping Blatty on the field – than it is performance about Brandon Belt. Right. Now think about that, right? You're, you're he's going to get some starts at first base and let Vladdy have a little breather. And, and I'm those things. not I,
0: certain we're going to see him cleaning up a great deal. Yeah, it doesn't look that way doesn't, right now.
1: Unless he gets really hot and you play the hot hand and maybe you move him up. I, uh, the, but he, we're not like I, I got to be honest. We're with not. You. We're not. Neither of us are surprised by this. No, are we? No, no well, not since I saw him in spring training. No, I I, got to be honest with you. I, I had watched him quite a bit when he was with the Giants, but I had not really paid that much attention to him mechanically at the plate. He is a big rapper. Now, again, you can't. Rapper means that you'd like to keep. It's sort of like good hitters want to keep both shoulders in the same direction, right? The more movement you do sort of side to side with your shoulders, that means your eyes move, and that means you don't keep both eyes on the target. Man, I wish I was. On TV, and I can well, stand up and do it. Well, I can't stand up and well, do you this. you could if you unhook your ear. you could see head. it. But it's, and then you couldn't hear me. It's, yes, I could. You don't well, know what? Well, I got to bend over and do it. I can't okay, bend over and do right. it. Because I got I'm tall. Okay? Okay. He is a big rapper. If you can picture him, the way he starts his hands, it's a little low, it's around his chest. But he sort of wraps it, puts some tension on his, you know, his right arm. And that wraps it and takes away sort of his both eyes on the baseball, and he plays catch up, and that's what it looks like to me. I don't want to say cheating, because I I cheated when I was in the when I was in Mexico, huh? And this, oh, at the plate, okay. yeah. Go ahead, and that's sort of what it looked like. He's missing the breaking ball by feet. That will tell you he's trying to get something started quicker to get geared up to hit any velocity. It doesn't matter if it's 88 or 98. You know, I saw him, you know, he pulled a ball foul that was 91 yesterday, which is a good sign. You want to see him do that. He should try and do that a little bit more in batting practice. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I've only seen a couple of his batting practice, and he tried to go the other way, which is, okay. But I think that's sort of what it is, right? He's is, trying to take John
0: Schneider the other way? Is, is, is,
1: he's that's, he's that's trying. He's trying, yeah. yeah. Uh, it wasn't John. It was somebody else. John yeah. only plays the first group. It was, uh... It's just, it's very until for me he gets a little bit better direction and again I get back to you what what do you expect from him I I don't know I don't know if there is one an expectation it is yeah. you give me what you give me it's more about Vladdy that for me is why he's here I understand he's left handed but again he's never hit thirty armors. he's never driven in a hundred runs he ain't gonna do that
0: probably uh, he, he is, so he is here as an option. There you go. That's that's all. I, I didn't buy into the whole thing that he was going to be the everyday cleanup hitter and all that. I mean, I just, didn't, I, think, I, I just didn't buy
1: into it. And I think it. the Blue Jays are telling you something. By the first game of the season, he's hitting sixth and not cleanup. Because yep. everybody, I don't know about you, I thought the same thing, that he'd start the season hitting cleanup. Like, I just thought that was sort of the conversation and the way they talked about him, but I, the way they were trying to get him going in spring training. And then you show up, and it's Varsho. I the, think they're telling you without telling the, you the what other thing.
0: Say. Yeah, and I think the other thing that happened too is is, you know, Dalton Varsho is the best left handed bat they have right now. No Therefore, doubt. he's going to hit at the top of the no order, doubt. hot hand. And Kiermaier, Kiermaier's perfect at the he, bottom.
1: Even even Dalton's dad came on here yesterday and said he was shocked yeah. when he was hitting cleanup. So nobody really knew that. I don't think.
0: Did uh, Riley and Tomiskaming wanted to talk about Yusei Kakuchi. Uh, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on the, the leash uh, Schneid's had for Kikuchi last night. Uh, I know it's early in the year, but um, you're trying to build Kikuchi's confidence, obviously. And I'm just, my mindset would be maybe give him a longer leash and kind of make him feel that confidence, not only for himself, but from, from the management as well. Um, yeah, uh, love the show, guys. Love to get your thoughts. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, that call came in after his last start. I think with Yusei Kikuchi, and maybe the maybe the quote unquote leash will be a little longer his next start if if he's two you know, times if, if, if he's repeating two times sir. what he did. But I'm just saying maybe 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 maybe. But for that first for that first start, I, I wasn't surprised at all. And one of the things I know Buck talked about this. I'm a big believer that when you've got a guy like Kikuchi, when you've got a guy you're sort of trying to to, to bring back. I really do like having him end on a good note. I know it sounds dumb, but if I've got if I've gone two times through the lineup and yeah. he ends up by punching somebody out or Don't. something like that, I'm like, you know he's, what? He's, I, I'm happy. He's your fifth guy for a reason.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, it's that. It's that they're trying to stay away from him facing the top of the order three times. Yeah. Two times with ninety topping out at ninety eight. I mean, that's about as good as it's
0: going to get. And again, and that's I, fine. I, 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 hey, you know what? In this day and age. For your they're, fifth starter, if you're going to give me five or maybe five with gusts up to six innings, let's be I'm with happy you. with if that. If
1: I told you you didn't watch a second of his start, and I told you he only struck out two guys, I'd think he'd you'd be gone have to like two and a third innings. No question. So yeah. I, he did have he did go away with a lot of confidence. That yeah. that's the thing, right? When he pitched as well as he did, the velocity's there. You know, for me, he's married to the cutter a little bit too much. And against good teams, that's good hitting. Yeah. He's going to have to figure out how to stay away from the middle of the plate with that thing and but, not, and not but abuse but you,
0: you made a very good point about the cutter. Because I was – essentially, last year, there was a time where I think they just basically tried they took well, it they away did. from they him. Did. They did. They did. But you made, the, you, you, you made this point – which I thought was a really, really, really good point about because I was surprised that he threw something. I said, "What happened to the whole?" And you made the point that they've they've asked him to do so much, mechanically, mechanically. That you know what, if you're going to do this, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do this, and his spring would suggest that he followed what they wanted to do, well, then you know what? If, well, if you want to throw, if you want to throw the cutter, it's almost like. Him. Just don't abuse it. Jeff, Jeff it's like but Boba, go ahead. And Boba
1: it. Shett has with two strikes that his security blanket. I got that widening out and I'm not going to use my lower half. I'm going to throw my hands at the baseball. That's Yusei say Kikuchi with mm-hmm. the cutter. I I'll, I have that for whatever reason he feels comfortable. It's not a good pitch. No, you can raise your, I mean, you don't have to be a pitching coach because the pitching coach eliminated it last year because it's well, it's not a good pitch. But I will say this when it's 98 on your four seamer and, 89 to 91 on your cutter, that's a bigger difference. Yeah. Now you're playing a little bit. It's almost like a moving changeup, but it looks like a cutter. Like, right? It's it's got mm-hmm. be, it's got different action than a changeup would have. A changeup's gonna have more sinking action because of your grip than a cutter at 90-91 would. So yeah, I'm with you. I I don't like the pitch. Again, it gives me a chance to hit. You know, I'd rather see the you know the two different breaking balls the the split change and the 98 all the time I'd rather see that I'd mm-hmm. rather him be more worried about his velocity now that he's figured out all that stuff mechanically and it's fluid I can repeat it I have a great finish on every pitch I'm throwing and that you know that pitch calm and pitch clock and the catcher they're all on the same page I'd rather have that but man he's your fifth guy let's not get greedy no
0: i no. I, I will say this though to to uh, to Riley's point <clears throat> If Jose Barrios continues to scuffle, you won't have a choice but to have the longer leash. Correct. That's what you're going with, yeah. So, or famous. or, or <laughs> you rearrange the rotation, and but even then, you're still and then it puts more pressure on Alec Minota. I always go out and exactly. give you seven scoreless. Andy and Kingston.
1: Question in regards to the pitch clock and these new rules. Which way are you leaning, Bark? Uh, are we looking at less no-hitters or possibly more no-hitters as hmm. these pitchers have less mileage on them um, and the games are quicker and they stay in rhythm?
0: Thanks. Yeah,
1: I don't know about le- – what. what's less mileage mean? Does that mean that they don't throw as hard? Is that, is that what he's – I don't –
0: my sense is, yeah, I did. You're still going to throw the, the, the same number of pitches. I,
1: the question I would have is, did did the pace have anything to do with why guys throw no hitters? Not for me, it's stuff. Stuff really good that day. One of the secondary pitches is devastating. You can't hit that thing. Like I, I could see Kevin Gosman throwing a no-hitter yeah. when he's throwing 98 miles an hour because the split finger's devastating and he's unpredictable with a slider. I could see that. For me, it has nothing to I, do with how fast he throws it, right? That's the thing you gotta ask yourself. So Yeah, I don't
0: it's an interesting question because it is, but this I, whole I, thing is about is about pace of play and I mean, I still haven't – I think we, we need to wait a bit and see how the offensive dynamics of the average baseball game are going to play out yeah. as a result of the shift going away and everything I, like that. You know, theoretically, you would think that the chances of a no-hitter or a perfect game <clears throat> are lessened when you, can't, when you can't shift. But I will say this. I think we should pay attention early in the
1: season to weather. We have heard Kevin Gossman say something about the weather because that's why he's not throwing as hard. We've heard. uh, We've seen Alec Manoa. His fastball was his 2 seamer I mean, it was 88, 87, 86 like you saw. I'm sure that had something to do with the weather, the cold, the swelled-up fingers, those things early in the season. I think once it gets warmer,
2: you know, and everybody
1: feels the way they're supposed to feel exactly, and those balls are – think this is just me. mm -hmm. I think the pitch clock has absolutely nothing to do with anything. Okay. It's just it's like second nature. I got to be in the box. I got to pitch it in 15 seconds.
0: It's just everything's getting done faster.
1: Absolutely. Like I don't think it has anything to do with. It's has nothing to do with changing any performance whatsoever. Okay. Whether it be a hitter, whether it be not the umpire make it worse. It has nothing to do with what the pitcher does. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Even defenses are going to be better. You want to know why? They're on their toes all the time. I'm ready to catch that thing. I'm not out there looking in the stands and listening to that guy yell at me, and I'm pointing at him and waving him and going, good one. Nah, nah i got to be ready. I'm on my toes. So maybe defenses get better. Yeah. I, I will I, say that. So maybe that would help to throw in no hitters.
0: Yeah. But and, I, for me, anyway, I don't think it has anything to do with it. Yeah. Um. And, and But it's a good question. Oh, it's a good question. It is. And, and, you know, it, it'll be – It'll be intriguing to see how games go in the summer when it's really hot. Like mm-hmm. What's it going to be like in July 12th when you're in Texas and it's a gazillion degrees? There you go. We shall find out. Uh, what do we have coming up? CJ Nitkowski will join us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast.
2: Everything Raptors, before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Lou.
0: Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your
2: podcasts.
0: God. Did you get Easter treats? Not yet, by the way. I'll steal my son's. Huh? Are you a solid egg guy or a hollow egg guy when it comes to chocolate eggs? I, don't know. Okay. It's I
1: chocolate. Know. Yeah. You're the only person I know would overthink that. that you really are. You do actually think about it. No, I don't want it because it's hollow. Huh? <laughs> 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 well, <laughs> you are. What is the matter with you?
0: I just lost my spot.
1: Holy well, here I got seven of them. No, I got it here.
0: I'm... There. No. We. uh, had a conversation a couple of days ago, a silly one. Well, we've had many silly <laughs> so conversations. What? We had a conversation a couple of days ago about uh, the what would you call it? The run in, I, I, I guess. The tension, the calling of out, the calling of Al. out of there you go, well, Tyler O'Neill, yeah, can Canada's own friend of the show, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, By the Cardinals' manager, uh, Ollie marmel and I mean we played the clips. I don't want. I don't want to. Go back and play the clips now. But essentially, the manager suggested that Tyler O'Neill wasn't hustling. Tyler O'Neill said, works. Yeah, Tyler O'Neal said I was working on he's been working on a new running technique. Um, and uh Tyler O'Neill wasn't in the lineup the next day. So uh two plus two equals four. Yeah. We had our say. I, I think it's well, we had our say. And our our next guest, CJ uh Nitkowski. He and uh, Ryan Spielberg, uh on Loud Outs. CJ is the host of the show, Loud Outs on MLB Network Radio. They covered it extensively, both of them spending a great deal of time in clubhouses, obviously. CJ, thanks for joining Barker and myself. And, I mean, I just got to tell you, I, I, I heard what you guys said. It, 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 was, it was exactly what we said. I thought it, it was, if you ever, if they had a manager university and they wanted an example of how not to deal with it, that to me would be the classic example. Like, it was just like, here's a fire. I'm pouring gasoline on it, and then the other guy comes along and goes, "Well, hell, if it's already burning, I mean, I'm not going to put it out. I might just..." Well. It was just it. It was just dumb. But I, 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 I blame the manager. I blame the manager ninety nine point nine nine percent.
3: Yeah, I think I would probably agree with you. Unless it was manager universities from, like, 1950, then it would be okay. To, you can't, you could do that. That's right? true, but Things yes. have changed pretty dramatically. and uh, You know, public perception matters more than ever to players because of how much coverage there is. Listen, there are times we've all seen it where a guy doesn't run a ball out, and then it's the opposite. Right? And we have seen it in Atlanta a couple times early in Ronald Acuna Jr.'s career, whether it was Freddie Freeman or, or Brian Snicker kind of having to get on him, and sometimes that's built over into the public because there was some real frustration. He's a star. Uh, and I think, you know, a lot of young players kind of go through that at times, get a little bit too comfortable, whatever it may be, or just make assumptions. You know, Max Muncy, happened to him last year in the postseason. That's right. Was huge play. Or yeah. he sat, he thought that either he either thought it was a homer or thought Juan Soto was going to catch it, but didn't bust it out of the box, kind of took it easy. It should have been a double. The inning ended in a double play, and they lost by a run. Like, it was huge in the postseason. Mm-hmm. But you didn't see Dave Roberts out there blasting him, right? So the point is that those kind of things do happen. when it doesn't happen, and you blast, a player, I almost feel like something else must be going on there. Like, is there something else leading yeah. up to this that would push Ali Marmol into this uh, situation? Because none of it makes a lot of sense.
1: CJ, it sounds like, to me like the manager doesn't want that center fielder to be that center fielder on an everyday basis. If, if this happens this early in the season,
3: no? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you might be right. I mean, it, like I said, there's got to be something else there. And Tyler O'Neal, to me, I've always liked him from the outside. He plays the game really hard. Uh, seems like it to me. You never know what's going on on the inside, right? Is there something else there we we never really know from the outside? Uh, But I kind of got that same impression. I'm like, well, it must be a problem here with the player uh, in particular, um, because it just didn't make any sense. I don't know about you guys, man, but like Listen, this game's been around for a long time. The nonsense about like the Cardinal way. Like, come on, like enough ready. Like, we, have, you know, we have 30 big league teams and they all play the game hard mm-hmm. and they all have expectations. And, and I, the Cardinals have had a ton of success over the decades, right? Over the course of that franchise's history. But to act like there's some kind of secret sauce in the way that they do things and the way that they hold their players accountable. You know, for the longest time, I would compare them to say, the Atlanta Braves franchise, right? Franchises that have been around a long time, never much drama coming out of either one of those. I credit Bobby Cox for all those years Mm -hmm. in Atlanta and kind of what he established there. And the difference all of a sudden now, like we want to talk about the Cardinal way. I can't imagine a Cardinal manager uh, from years past that would have done something uh, like this. Like Bobby Cox never let drama come out of Atlanta because they always treated you well. No matter what hard decisions they had to make, they always treated you well. That's how you get that reputation as an organization.
0: Yeah, that's what I found really really odd about it and you pointed out on social media as well uh i mean it's not it's not like he was it's not like he was dogging it um you know i mean the numbers suggest he wasn't dogging it but you know kevin made the other point that that i hadn't thought about in the tyler o'neill's defense and it may have been true but he said uh, you know i've been working on a running technique and guys do i mean bo bichette talked about that one off season yeah bo bichette worked with the sprint coach to overhaul his running technique but Kevin's reaction when we played the clip from Tyler O'Neill was, well, hang on, wouldn't the manager know if a player, if one of his players is, you know, spent the offseason working on, working on, on, working on something? Like, it was just, again, it's just it's so, just a bad look. CJ, open bad door look.
1: policy too, right? Every player can go into the manager. It's the other way around also. You can call a player in and say, I didn't like what you did. Just don't air your yeah. grievances, right? It's odd.
3: Yeah, and I, that was the thing. I felt bad for him, right? Because he said he almost—he was pretty surprised by the whole situation. And you have to be careful sometimes when the media comes to you and says the manager said this. Yes. Right? Because whether or not it's accurate, you have to be careful because you guys are looking for a reaction in that spot. That's kind of the thing that happens a little bit more. Maybe some of those bigger markets uh, like New York and Boston and Chicago and places where it's a little bit more competitive among the media. So there might be that one guy looking for a rise or a quote, and next thing you know, story takes off, and there's not a ton of truth to it or kind of a lot of false premise. So. He was really taken back by that part, and then having and they, I give him a lot of credit from the story that I'm understanding and reading is that once that happened, he went back into the manager's office uh, to discuss it. So I thought that was good on him, um, you know, that that he would do that. But the fact that any player in that club, I felt like they were ambushed by uh, by a comment that their manager made is again not a great look.
0: Uh, so how do you like the new look Major League Baseball with the the pitch clock, the you know bigger bases, the the regulations
3: as far as shifting concern. It's been great. I, I, I love it. I mean, I, I think the shift stuff has certainly helped with some base hits. For us, I know you guys have seen it before. Marcus Simeon over at second base is really showing off the range now mm-hmm. a ton. Right? He's over there by himself. He's made some tremendous plays here early on in the season. That was one thing we were kind of wondering was that going to happen? More athletic plays from their infielders because they have more ground to cover because they're not going to be put in the perfect spot or the highest percentage of spots where the ball was going to be hit. They're not going to be in the outfield. Even 10 feet deep in the outfield or a few feet on the graph, it's not allowed anymore. So they have to work a little harder to go side to side. It's been fun to watch. It's also good to see for us here with the Rangers, a guy like Corey Seager who had approximately 27 hits lost to the shift last year, second most in baseball. Uh, that batting average will be up for him. No doubt this season we've already seen a couple of balls get through that otherwise would have been out via the shift because the shortstop would have been on the other, other side of second base. The second baseman would have been in short right field. And so that's really good to see. I think it's better for the game, better action. There's been a little bit, you know, a couple of flips here and there. With the pitch clock at times, I'd really like to see it go away at the end of the game if the game is close. We were lucky to have Rob Manford in the booth with us for opening day, and I asked him about it, uh, and he was pretty open. He said, you know, we're listening, we're watching, we're getting the feedback, and if we feel like we need to make adjustments, we will. Uh, watching Tim Anderson and Manny Machado get ejected in games over pitch clock uh, violations, was, it was entertaining. I'm not going to lie at this point in my career. I look for the entertainment, even though guys are bad. It was kind of fun to watch a little bit. and But I also think there's some legitimate conversations to be had about how both of those things happen. They're looking for timeout, essentially, right around that eight-second mark. And, and Tim Anderson thought that uh, Logan Webb was quick pitching him, and it was close. Um, and so I think those conversations are going to continue. There's going to be more frustration for players. The one thing I just do not want to see happen, and when Morgan Sward from Major League Baseball went over the, all these situations that we can expect in 23 with the broadcasters, he did it multiple times. they did excellent work. And he said, "You're going to lose. It. There's going to be a game that ends on a pitch clock violation. Yeah. But we can't have that. That cannot happen."
2: Yeah,
3: I, I get what they're saying because they've been great about it. The games are moving better, cold quicker, and the pace has been great. But under no circumstances is that going to be a good look for our game if a game ends on a pitch clock. It's going to give us attention we don't want. And so, I'd somehow, some way, finding a solution to make sure that doesn't happen. Whether you take it away in the ninth inning of a close game, or I, I don't know, but we saw it in spring training, and it's just like what. Like that's that's no so bueno. I, I I get the pace. It's been great, uh, but that we just I don't want to that see that happen because I just don't. The industry is going to follow that for our sport if it's not going to be good.
0: Yeah, it's it's fascinating hearing you say that because I've heard Rob speak a couple of other times about the pitch clock as well, and I will admit I was a little surprised that they seem so open to the notion of. Maybe you know eliminating it in the postseason or doing whatever. It, it's clear they're going to tinker with it. Like it's clear when September rolls around, the, the unwritten rules in air quotes and some of the written rules around it are going to be different. But I was surprised. Like you know, you know what Rob's like. A lot of times, if he if you ask him something, he can shut the door on something really fast. And I, when when I mm-hmm. heard that that they were even thinking about adjusting the pitch clock or doing it differently and close games or in the postseason I half expected Rob to say no this is what it is and but he really did leave the door open I don't know how I feel yeah, I don't know how I feel about that CJ I get your point I I, I don't want yeah. the game to end on on a pitch clock violation but you know what I don't like the idea of it's like the NHL does it they have limited overtime during the regular season then the postseason rolls around, and you can you can play seventeen overtime periods and, until the game <laughs> is decided. And I don't I don't like that. The rules the rules on April seventh, to my way of thinking, should be the rules on I don't know when October seventh, October twenty
3: seventh. Yeah, and perhaps a, and I'm with you on that. And that's why you know runner at second base and extra innings, all that stuff should be consistent. Mm-hmm. I would say that you know maybe there's room for five more seconds, you know, uh, from the that's seventh inning out of the postseason, yep. something that's like fair. that. You know, postseason games drag. And at times, I, mean, I, I never get tired of watching them, but I know that we have a little bit of an issue with those games getting along. You know, postseason commercial breaks are nearly a minute longer, uh, right. which is wild. Not once they were 215 local and maybe 310 national, and I get it, there's big bills to pay. And they pay a lot of money to Major League Baseball to air those games. Uh, Fox and ESPN and everybody else that's footing the bill, and certainly they like to be able to make their money back at then some. That's why they do it. Uh, But with that being said, the games certainly get a lot longer. And and I hate when we have games out on the West Coast and East Coast fans can't see them, or kids are falling asleep on a Tuesday um, because it's a World Series game that started late. All that kind of stuff. But some some kind of small adjustment that doesn't make you feel like it's a different game. I'm with you. Nothing drastic. No, not not different rules. I think we did a good job of kind of adjusting things like September rosters. I think it was a completely different game in September. Uh, for a while, because the Tampa Bay Rays would have all 40 guys on their on their <laughs> 40-man roster in the big leagues in September, and they basically yep. had a left-handed lineup and a right-handed lineup, and and they took it too far. And so we've eliminated that. where it's just a couple of guys that can be active, which I think has been good. So I, I think we'll be okay. I, I did I have it posted if you want to watch it. It's about a 15-minute interview that we had with him, and I have it on my Twitter account. This one I've had my criticisms of him. I think there's times where he's been great. Um, and he's I thought he was good in this, and and I like at least the willingness to be open. They yep. were steadfast, which I thought was important. Very beginning of spring training, mm-hmm. no, no, we're we're going to have these roles exactly how they are. It's going to be a little painful early on, but you will get used to it quicker as opposed to easing mm-hmm. their way in. And I think that whole philosophy has probably worked out um, pretty well. It's gotten us to a point where most guys have a good feel for this thing now. That the season has started.
1: C- Cj, the the Rangers four and two. Obviously, they they've played all six games at home. Last year, they were thirty four and forty seven at home. Yeah, that's not great. Have they done enough in the offseason to have a better record at home? Good teams have to play really good at home. You know that. Everybody else knows that. They can't go 34 and 47 and think they're going to make a decent run or, or go wherever they want to go. You think they're geared up, have more talent to be better at home this year?
3: I think so. I mean, it's all about the pitching. It was great that some younger pitchers like Leonardo Otto and Dean Dunning were getting starts, and there was some upside to what they were doing last year. Uh, no doubt I feel a little bit bad for those guys because basically the Rangers go in and completely uh, fill up their rotation. There's no room uh, you know, for the young players right now to, to have a spot in that rotation. So I think it probably had a lot to do with that. Their opportunities will come, no doubt, because uh, the guys that we have now with Jacob DeGrom, Nita the Andrew Heaney, John Gray, Martin Perez, it's a great rotation. But they're not all making 32 starts this year. I think that probably makes a difference as far as what you're talking about, some of that younger pitching, uh, working through some things. It's a good ballpark. It's a good... Uh, I think overall, whether it's home or away, they've done a really nice job of putting a better roster together with a really nice start to the season for them with that first home stand, hitting the road now with a quick one here against the Cubs and then right back home yeah. again. Um, and giving those fans a reason to want to come to the ballpark. Not, not just because it's great, not just because they got a cool new barbecue place in the ballpark, uh, much like they've done in Toronto, at the like want to be there, uh, but you also want to watch a really good team. Mm-hmm. And, and they've done that. And I will tell you, the two question marks, I think, for me going into the season regarding just kind of the wins and losses was, you know, what's the defense going to look like a little bit, uh, especially with the young Josh Young, the rookie over at third base, and then the bullpen. And both of those things have been really good through the first six games. Young has been playing an excellent third base. Uh, the bullpen, I believe, has been the best in baseball. No ERA's a little early to look at ERA. Uh, but they have been better than expected, and so all of a sudden, that optimism that we had going into spring is now a tick higher. There's a couple of things you were a little bit iffy on, that actually been really good to start the year. CJ,
1: I was going to ask you about the fans. Uh, what's their expectations? Right, you're in the West. You got some good teams. The American League East, right? The Mariners are going to be better. Obviously, the Astros. Realistically, what would be a good year for the Rangers?
3: I think they have to be contending at the end of September. I think for Christian, he's ultra competitive as a general manager. This is kind of his first real team where he's doing this thing solo, and uh, they they want to win and they expect to win and they should expect to win again. The the, the good start only raises those expectations even higher. You're right. The division is really tough. You look for a crack here or there with the Astros, right? Lance McCullers Jr. is on the I.L. Jose Altuve on the I.L. They're great. There's a good team. There's no two ways about it up and down the line. Uh, is there an opportunity there? Maybe it would take things like that, you know, a couple of injuries, uh, maybe one or two guys not performing for the Astros, I think not to win that division. But if the Rangers can hold on to this momentum, I think they absolutely can put some pressure on them. The thing that's changed so dramatically is going back to that rotation. You know, every five days, they're sending out a guy there that you believe can help them get this team in a position to win a game. Every day. Every fifth day. That that was not the case. Hasn't been the case. I've been there for six years. This is year seven. All six years for me calling games, this has been a sub-500 team. 2016 was the last time they were in the postseason. Feels like it was a long time ago. I think these fans do have really high expectations. I think they're watching right now and looking and saying, all right, can I believe in this? And the good start, I think, has them absolutely believing that they can believe in this. But those first couple of tests, those teams that you mentioned, uh, the Seattle Mariners, the Houston Astros, and the Angels are good. I really like the Angels pitching. I know they've always had a hard time staying healthy, but that rotation is pretty good as well. They're going to be a uh, contender, I believe, or at least a thorn in the side for some teams in this division. There's a decent chance it could be a four-team race. Uh, again, tough to take down the Astros, but it'll be competitive all year long, which kind of makes the idea of West divisional play a little bit more inviting this year for us.
1: CJ, you think we'll ever see Jose Barrios consistently good again?
3: Man, I'm I'm shocked at what happened, right? Because mm-hmm. that opening day start last year was against the Rangers, and obviously it wasn't a good one. Uh, he'll recover. It just hasn't happened for him. It's been, I'll uh, it's kind of been befuddling to see. Uh, I've always liked him a lot. Everything you want from a talent and personality standpoint is all right there. You can see why the Blue Jays invested in him. Um, but I've been a little flustered to see this. I don't, you know, we talk about guys kind of first year, a little bit extra pressure with the big contract. I thought he would have worked through that. Uh, by the end of last year, and he hasn't. So um, they get got some digging in to do, and then, you know, it's like anything, Then you go into a slump or you start to struggle, and then everybody has an opinion. There's a lot of things coming in. How do you best manage those and really come up with a game plan? I wonder that part for him, knowing he wants to do it so badly for his team and for the Blue Jays and really for the entire country of Canada. That's a huge fan base that they have. That's probably got to bring a, a little extra pressure that he hadn't dealt with before because uh, he seems like a nice guy. He probably wants to please everybody and he wants to perform. So working through that right now, uh, it's got to be a real challenge. He's talented enough to get there. He'll get there soon enough. I'm just surprised it's taken this long.
0: Mm-hmm. CJ, as, 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 a former, as a former pitcher, what did you want to see in your second start of the season? Compared to the first start of the regular season, or even maybe Good the question. third start? Like, is there is, is there kind of a mental checklist that, okay, if Movement, first, velocity, yeah, those kind for, of first start of the year, okay, I'm going to get this. Second start of the year, I want this to be better, I want this to be better, mm-hmm. I want this to be better. Third start of the year, you know what I'm saying, I want that to be a little better yeah. and a little better. Walk us through that a little bit.
3: Well, first of all, for me, I was just hoping to still be in the rotation. But for <laughs> the guys that were good that yeah. could hold their road and hold their spots down, I think you're looking to see your stuff hold a little bit deeper into the game. But It was interesting watching Jacob DeGrom in his second start. Um, you know, He's been a little bit on a pitch count. Started to look like he was gassed around the fifth inning. He worked through that and then made it through a solid sixth inning. Right? I think those are the kind of things you're looking for. As the fatigue starts to set in as you get deeper in games and the pitch count starts to climb, how do you get through that? And then can you hold? Is your stuff going to drop? Or can you kind of grind through, finish it up? And then maybe even go a little bit deeper. I think those are the things that you get deeper in games. Second, I know we don't see it enough, but or as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Second, third time around through the order. Uh, four, five, six, seven times up. Uh, getting that deep into games. I think that's what you're looking for because you can do your work all day long. You go through spring training, but nothing matches the intensity of a big league season and facing a big league lineup. So those are the things that, that I'm looking for. How's the stuff holding? What are the breaking balls looking like? How's the location late say for some of these starters, as we start to get up to that, you know, 75, hopefully to 90 pitch count somewhere in that range, how's the stuff look? Cause that should be gradually getting better uh, every single time.
1: CJ from afar, what do you thought about the blue Jays so far?
3: Well, I picked him to win the World Series. <laughs> uh, you know, whenever we do these things, I always want to take a little bit of a chance. Um, and so, obviously, you sit there look at the start that the Rays and the Yankees got off to, and you're a little bit surprised. Um, some of those struggles there. But, man, we don't get there for a while. I can't wait to get up there and check out uh, some of the adjustments they made to the ballpark. It's always one of my favorite uh, trips to get to Toronto. But, you know, I I know it's been okay to start the season, but I still like this team. They run too deep. I like the additions. that they I like the balance in the lineup, and I know it's always been a topic of conversation and sure you guys have uh, beat that one to death, but having enough lefties in there to balance it off when you need to. I think it was a really good move. So there's a lot of confidence for me in this team, obviously. Like I said, you know, I don't think if you guys do this or not, but once you make a prediction, like you don't let it go. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's <laughs> so true. Right. So right. that, that is true.
3: Eliminated. You're just like, oh, no, here's why they're going to figure it out. Here's why it's going to go right, no matter what. So that'll be me all year long.
1: But we'll otherwise. CJ, last one, Brandon Belt struck out a lot. He looked, I don't want to say he looks old. That's wrong. I shouldn't say that. But he does mm-hmm. look like he's cheating a little bit. He's missing break. When you I used to cheat. The older I got, I, I was a cheater. I, you, you miss yeah. the breaking ball by a lot, right? It's by feet. It's just You're just not barely missing it. What would be a good season for him, for the Blue Jays?
3: That's a, that's a good question. I, I wonder for them if they start to see that and they feel like that can change over time. Are you a little bit more careful about the matchups, right? If it's just about the inability to get the velocity, then maybe it's not left-right. It's a matter of getting you know, the right matchups of the right pitchers um, that are going to be the ones, right? And you'll probably don't want to face fireballers late uh, in the game. But I don't know I mean, if he can get you. you know, depending on what the total at-bats look like. Um, certainly a veteran guy, but I don't know if he can get you 15, mm-hmm. slug a little bit. i um, you know, not expecting prime uh, Brandon Belt. That probably wouldn't be fair uh, to ask him for that. But there's, I think there's still an ability to contribute. It's just a matter of the team's picking up on that. Right, the idea, like you said, getting started a little bit earlier. It's a bad look when you guess wrong. And I've seen it plenty of times already this year from some guys early in the season, especially with how hard these guys throw these days. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of selling out and making sure, I guess, the bigger thing is that you're not missing when you get the opportunity. right? If you're going to cheat to get to the fastball mm-hmm. and you get one in the zone, the margin for error for missing that fastball gets a lot smaller. And so keep an eye on, I'd say for me, I'm keeping an eye on that for a couple of weeks and keep getting to it. Um, and then that will give me a little more optimism that it can give you the numbers that you're looking
0: for cj really good of you to do this my Great friend stuff. thanks so much be well thank
3: you well, my pleasure good to talk with you guys yeah, yeah, absolutely take
0: care cj nitkowski uh former mlb pitcher host of loud outs on the mlb network radio and also uh texas rangers broadcaster i i uh, I, I think we we had uh, i don't know who, who we had on last last week or earlier this week we were talking about the west and i said i'd you know been texting with a guy in arizona scout friend of mine and he was talking about. He said, don't, "Don't don't sleep in the in the AL West." He said it could be a it could be a dogfight. And he he really liked he really liked Texas. And and he, one of the he made the same point.
1: Lance McCullers that, Jr. being hurt. That CJ did. He done. said Corey mm-hmm. Seager opens the door.
0: Yeah, yeah. And 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 Corey Seager. These new rules are almost designed for Corey Seager. They're almost designed. They are. For Corey that, that's
1: why I brought up the stat at home. If you're gonna make a drastic move. In your division, you have to be. Got to dominate line. home. You do. Yeah, you do. And that, that's the pitching, right? I, I'm not sure if it's a a hitter's park or a pitcher's park. I know it's changed back and forth. But I think that's what CJ's point was. You got to stuff people to death. Like if you're going to face the Mariners, the Mariners got a balanced lineup. They got a better lineup. They're hitting more home runs. You know, the Astros are the Astros. You got to beat teams, right? You got to you got those 13 games against Oakland. Now it's not 19 games. You got to be you got to be 12 and one. You got you got to really dominate Oakland. It's that right? And the better pitching you have gives you a better chance of doing that. I'm not serious. I'm not. That's why I asked what would be a good year. And I don't think his answer was make the playoffs it was be competitive in September and end of September. But it's sort of the conversation we used to have about the Blue Jays. Uh, be relevant exactly in September. Be relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's no longer that conversation. So they're, all, they're on the verge. Yeah, They're just not quite there, right, because Seattle's better and there's some more teams in the American League East because of the way the Rays are hitting. You may see now three teams come out of the East. The Mariners are better. They got better pitching. I said, I said, it's going to be fun to watch. How, and, and the manager, obviously, obviously with Bochy, he, I, he'll help a little. But quite frankly, it, it, it comes down to how talented you are,
0: really. I looked at m- the moves made in the offseason by various teams and the acquisition of Jacob deGrom, you know, looking at it, if he stays healthy, uh, believe me, I know that that's a big if, but if he stays healthy. He, I think, can take that team to the next level.
1: 25 starts. If that, he stays healthy. That's the healthy. Thing. I ask you, 25 starts. I, I'm not real sure about that. You ask yourself, this: if you're really thinking that team's a playoff team, th- this is normally the way, I at least they, at least I do. Talent-wise, I look at the Blue Jays this way. Talent-wise, the Blue Jays, just on talent are going to win 88 games. Just talented. I'm more talented than you are. <laughs> I'm either going to out-hit you. I can out-base run you. I'm going to out-hustle you. Yeah. I'm going to the, outmature then the, you. Then the, yeah. I would then the, pay attention the to detail you. And then yes. the manager is good for about five or six wins and the pitching coach. You always throw the pitching coach in mm-hmm. there because he, he's got a better feel of matchups and who, how that guy feels certain days. So it's the manager can win you five or six games. Ask yourself legitimately if you're a Rangers fan, Texas Rangers fan, talent-wise, just on talent. Are they an 88-win team? Like my, I write my lineup against your lineup. Can I beat you eighty-eight times?
0: Lineup, I don't think they. I don't then, think they Then are.
1: that's where you're at, right? I don't think. So they I are.
0: just think they're on the cusp. They're just
1: not quite there yet.
0: But to, further to CJ's point, we don't really know what the new schedule. It, it, there's 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 so much give and take with the new schedule, right? It, it, you made this point. Oh, it's great. You got fewer games against the Yankees. Now you're playing but, more
1: five hundred teams. Is what you're doing? He, he,
0: correct. I yeah. mean it, so I think we need to, s- to see the way that plays out. I just I, – I I will be – I'll put it this way. I'll be stunned. I'll be stunned if Texas isn't playing relevant, relevant. baseball in September. Like, if, it, if we're not going into the – With Bochi being there, it's better for baseball if they are, I think. Yeah. And and, yeah. and with with the second last week of the season, I will be surprised if Texas isn't either in a playoff spot or contending for a playoff spot. doesn't mean they're going to do it, but – I don't see anybody. I'm looking at that division other than Oakland. I, I don't see anybody. I just don't see anybody running you, away with that. That's ask, one of the reasons I picked the Twins to go to the
1: postseason. The Rangers better than the White Sox. I think they are. Yes, Rangers better than the Twinkies. That's that's sort of the no, two teams. I don't that think you think you know the two. Uh, one of those three teams will yeah. probably go. Maybe.
0: I I don't think they're better. Or than all the,
1: three probably not
0: going to go. I don't think they're better than the Twins. That's what you got to ask yourself, um, right? I the, the white I just the White Sox don't. I think the White Sox are going to implode. There's there, there's something wrong there. I I don't know what it is. It's, it's not just Tony Larusa. He's gone now. And the Angels. I are don't have any confidence the in the and are, Nobody
1: up. ever talks about because you, well, you really we'll, just don't know what you're going to
0: we'll get. We'll be joined by Mark Gubbs in a few minutes, and and we'll talk, talk to him about the Angels. There are a lot of people who are absolutely convinced that the Angels are going to be in the postseason. It's not even... Well, if their lineup is healthy. It's not even a second maybe. thought. And there are a lot of people really like their starting pitching. I'm not as sold in their starting pitching as a lot of people are. But uh, it could... They are, to me, the most interesting team in baseball right now because if they are contending, if their pitching is as good as people say it is, then that opens a whole, whole new can of worms regarding Shohei Ohtani. Because I think... I I don't know if I'm the Angels. Would I would I rather be out of it at the trade deadline, so my decision is a little easier. Would I rather be in it at the trade deadline, so my decision is a little easier? Or, or does the, the decision on Shohei Otani does nothing matter? See, I just I don't think you can. Nobody likes losing. I don't they, think you can. Enough. I don't think you can do anything with Shohei Otani if you're the Angels. Yeah, I think but- you, you are screwed if you trade him. I think you're screwed. And if you don't trade him, you're screwed. I, I mean, if I'm wrong, if I'm the owner of that team, I'm playing it out. Yeah, I, no, I'm, letting, I, I'm letting him walk.
1: Oh, you're, right. I, if I'm not going to sign him, i letting him walk. He's playing the whole season for right. me. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to be known as the organization that traded Otani. Although I, I have a half a billion yeah. dollar center fielder, I mean, it's it's go time for the Angels. Well, and
0: your, it really is. And, and your point is well made because one of the reasons that the Washington Nationals were able to move off from Juan Soto was. You know, they don't have a ton of money invested in. They don't have another Mike there Trout. There you go. And right? the third
1: baseman it never plays. It needs to play yeah. and do right, do the right things.
0: Mark Gubza is the Angels TV analyst, he'll join us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet five ninety, the Fan Sportsnet three sixteen, wherever you get your favorite podcast. The most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real Kipper and born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> okay we're back so uh thank god because i just the stuff that i just said should not have gotten in the air no huh. no i just i was just uh saying hello to my mother and Easter and everything like that and 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 all of you hope you're having a uh peaceful weekend and uh if you're in this neck of the woods how nice is it to see the sun (laughs) and apparently we're actually there is a rumor that we may have sun for three consecutive days say it ain't so it it, 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 i'm i'm just telling you i'm just telling you there is a rumor that uh we may have a fully sunny weekend which of course means that tuesday when the jays open we'll have the snowstorm from hell Uh, the Jays home opener is Tuesday. Uh, I'm excited. I am too. Uh, we will be, uh, we will be down there. We'll be doing blue Jays talk, uh, from the Rogers center on Tuesday. Uh, and of course we'll be back Blair and Barker 10 to noon, uh, on Monday. And this is the angels home opener tonight. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Mark Boff, our producer, Vladimir Guerrero senior is going to be throwing out the first cool. pitch tonight.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, it'll be
0: kind of fun, and um, I mean the Angels. Will Vladdy catch it? I mean, you'd have you'd have to think so. I mean, it, it's
1: it's at the Angels, like I saw. Uh, him.
0: No. Yeah, huh. uh, now you got me thinking. Otani should catch it because he does everything else.
1: I uh, I'm with you.
0: Ohtani I don't think I don't it.
1: think Vladdy can catch it.
0: Can he? I don't know. I, I don't know. Huh. See, th- this is uh, you, you've got me thinking about stuff that I really don't want to think about today. Which is uh, spring. And Mark Gubsa, he's the Angels' TV analyst. Mark, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself today. We trust things are going well. Um, all spring, a lot of people kept telling me, and obviously the national, a lot of the national writers felt the same way. Don't sleep in the Angels. The Angels' pitching is. Good enough that it can get them in the postseason. We know about the lineup. We know about the two guys in the lineup, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I'm going to give you a chance to give us a bit of a sales pitch here. Why do the Angels have a legitimate shot at going to the playoffs this year?
2: Yeah, guys. Hey, by the way, good morning. Well, I guess almost an afternoon out there for you guys. Uh, Jeff, I, I, first of all, when people say, and, and I know a lot of people around the, the national media would say, oh, the Angels have good enough starting pitching. I mean, when you look at, they have five guys in the rotation at ERAs into threes. Mm. Two, uh, Three of them have ERAs into twos So last year. So that, for me, that's great starting pitching. And Perry Manassian, who you guys were familiar with when he was working with the Toronto Jays up there a number of years ago, he... Uh, he put together some serious depth in the line. You bring in Hunter Renfro, Gio Urshela has been great, Brandon Drury, all these guys, you're talking about 20, 25-plus home runs, you know, over the last few seasons every year. And, you know, and Taylor Ward, who's turned into one of the best young players in the game, kind of similar to how he turned his career into successful, you know, like Justin Turner did with the mm-hmm. Dodgers, but he was let go by a number of teams. He's blossomed late. So they have enough offense really for me, if, they're, if they can, you know, and Phil Nevin's trying to work that and so far so good as far as how he's going to mix and match with the bullpen. They're as deep as any at lineup in the game, and their starting pitching is as good as anybody's in the game, so when you have that combination and they catch the ball, you know, they're in a really tough division, yes, just like the Jays are in a tough division, but uh, I, I really feel that there's a great opportunity for this team. Finally, I've been doing this now for 17 years. This is the deepest team I've seen them have. And that goes back to 14 when they went to the playoffs and lost to the Royals that one year when they won 98 games. So I think his team has a chance to be successful this year.
1: Mark, if they needed three big outs from a guy in the pen, who is it?
2: Probably, I think it's going to be Carlos Estevez. When you, when you look yeah, he he's got 25 career saves. Obviously that's not, you know, a, a ton, but a lot of those games, if you look at his splits from where he pitched at course field is as, as compared to on the road, you know, fastball velocity was significantly better on the road. ERA, almost two runs difference in his career. So you feel that being away from course Field as a pitcher, it's always tough to pitch there. Yeah, he struggled a little bit in spring training, but so far during the regular season in two games he's been pretty solid. He's throwing 98 miles an hour. He's got a great changeup in slider. So I would think he would be your guy. Jimmy Hergit was Really saw it last year at a different arm angle. They call him the human glitch. He's been mm-hmm. great. But I think Carlos would be the the guy that, that Phil Nevin would call on today to get three outs if they're leading in the ninth inning.
1: Uh, Otani, pitch calm, pitch clock, big deal or nothing to worry about?
2: Nothing. Uh, and, and that's the one guy that I thought would would be affected by the pitch timer, as they keep telling me to call it that instead yeah. of pitch clock. Yes. Pitch timer. And he's adjusted so well to it right now. Even though he got called one as a hitter and one as a pitcher, which I the, hitter, the hitting one, yes, he did. The pitching one, I, I think the umpire, because he had a long discussion with him when he walked off the mound that day, uh, I still think he, he made a mistake on that one. It's been no issue at all. I think it's going to actually make him better because there was times last year we were talking 30, 40 seconds in between pitches, which doesn't help your defense out a whole lot when they want, need to be on their toes.
1: Better chance he gets traded at the trade deadline, or he is an angel, 2024.
2: Zero chance he's going to get traded. Uh, I, I think if the team wins, which all indications and this like we just talked about, mm-hmm. if they win, there's a good chance, a better than you know 60, 70 percent chance, probably even higher if they're winning, because I think he felt that incredible energy when Team Japan won the World Baseball Classic. And being around a team that's winning, I think it's tough to leave at that point. But uh, I mean, it's going to be a lot of money. They, got, the Angels are going to have to give them, just like anybody else would have to give them. But uh, uh, I, I think winning will cure everything for the Angels and for Joey Otani. I
1: was going to ask, do you have any idea what the number might be?
2: Big. Uh, you you <laughs> keep hearing anywhere between five hundred and six hundred million. Wow. That's the thing, though. When you when you make a deal like this, you you really it's hard to be able to. players around you you know what Mm -hmm. i mean because if you're going to be that high up you already have trout at about 40 and and anthony Randon about 37 whatever that is number so that's three players it's going to be significant part of your team payroll but uh you know there's you know hopefully there's ways that you can you can work around that but uh it's how much money he brings in for your team annually to begin with is is astronomical and what he's making in endorsements on the side, he's making over $40 million himself this year. No baseball player in Trout, I think, is second, like at $5 million. So he's making a lot. I think the comfort zone for him and the Angels are the one that gave him an opportunity to do both, pitching and hitting. And now it's at the point now where he's playing every day of the week. Before when he first started, it was two, three days a week, and then he pitched on Sunday. Everything's changed now for him. And I think that goes a long way as far as – what the angels have allowed him to do and, and become the player he has become.
0: Yeah, you know, that, that's a great point because I think in addition to the money it will take to sign Shohei Ohtani, yes, you're getting a lot. You're getting all the benefits, jersey sales and everything like that. But if you bring Shohei Ohtani into your team, you've got to, I mean, if you bring a unicorn into the stable, you got to do something different. Like just, that's, you, you do. There, there's. I think there's probably a, a, I don't know if you'd call it an environment he has to bring along with him. But if you get a guy like that, your organization has to do some serious stuff at the nuts and bolts level, doesn't it? Because you are bringing a guy in who's going to pitch and play. And that creates different situations for people around him and different situations for people in the organization. Not bad. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But, you know, you don't just bring a guy like him and drop him in and say, okay, there we go.
2: Yeah, exactly right on that When When you think about it, if he goes to another team, you're asking the other starting pitchers to all of a sudden become a part of a six-man rotation. And, yep. you know, I, I, I you know, I, I loved it in Kansas City when they went to a four-man rotation at times. They didn't do it often. We're usually a five-man rotation. But for me as, as a starting pitcher, I want every opportunity to be out there on the mound and competing and helping my team win a game. And, you know, and you're asking players, pitchers now to pitch every six days. And, you know, some teams and these, all the team guys on this team right now as far as the staff have adjusted to that. But if you go to a brand-new environment, that's something comes into play. Also, he's going to DH, and eventually star players get a little older and, and you want to give them, get them off their feet and they're going to DH. Well, that's never an option anymore. So you'll have to make all those adjustments, and, and teams will, there's no doubt, because we, he's such a special player with an incredible work ethic that he makes everyone else around him better but still it's it's an adjustment period and some guys are always hesitant about especially starting pitchers pitching on every six days because it's it's a different routine for you because you're used to that five days you throw your bullpen two days after you pitch and you're ready to go now you have to wait and adjust your own routine yourself but uh, you know if you get a chance to get show a on your team you're going to do that but for the time, you know, the initial part of it, it's not easy to do. Hey, have you,
0: given the success he had in the World Baseball Classic uh, this spring, and and just given the attention that is is been on him and will be on him as this year goes on, noticed anything different about him? Like, is he hand, Is he the same Shohei with all this stuff going on that he was last year or or the year before?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's he's having fun. He's smiling. I, I think. He enjoyed that winning aspect so yeah. so much that uh, I think he and, – and every time I've ever talked to him and every time I even watch him over the last five years, especially the last two years, where he's basically put the team on his back, he's willing to do anything he has to do to help the team win a game, whether it's – I'll go back to this two-game series against Kansas City where he had two three-run home runs, eight RBIs, and the very next day he strike, struck out 13, which is his career high. I mean – who does that? No one does that, but uh, I think he's really enjoying himself. I don't know how you can do that under the circumstance because everywhere you go, everywhere we've been, we only went to two cities so far. The question is, where are you playing next year? Where are you playing next year? I know Aaron Judge went through that last year, mm-hmm. and it isn't easy. And I, I remember my same thing going, getting close to my free agent year. It's the hardest thing because then all of a sudden you, you know, anxiety comes in there. Do I, you know, do I want to get this done? as – A.S.A.P. So I can just concentrate on playing the game, or do I'm I mean, willing to roll the dice and 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 be out there in that free agent market where everyone's courting you and bringing you in and wanting you to tell them how great their organization is? It's not easy that decision. So, but if there's anybody ever that's more focused than any human being on the planet, that would be Shohei because he's all the you know, first thing you ask him, How you feel? I want to win. That's mm-hmm. all he ever says. I want to win, and and, when, and that's you can tell that's all he wants to do.
0: I remember when I was covering the Montreal Expos, Tim Raines going through that, and I, I had a talk with Tim one time, and he, <clears throat> we were talking about the questions because every city they went to, uh, you know, were well, you interested in coming here next year? And I remember him saying the hardest thing is, <laughs> he said the hardest thing is remembering what city I'm in and how I should answer it. And I kept thinking of the you know the movie Spinal Tap where they keep going you know hello Cleveland and they're not in Cleveland. I, I yeah. <laughs> it, it 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 just it's it's always stuck with me the idea that. I got to answer it a certain way. Like, I'm not going to say, no, I'm not coming to Milwaukee. Are you nuts? I can't say that, right? I've got to. And I think, I don't know if it wears on guys, but it's got to get old. If someone keeps asking you all the time, it's got to get old.
2: And especially when you think about it, like you go to whatever city, like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'd love to be able to play here. But then you're sitting right next to your teammate who's playing (laughs) with the Angels. So it's so hard. It's such a tough thing to balance. But, uh, you know, I think for the most part, Shohei, so far, has been really good about it. He doesn't put himself out there to have to answer these questions all the time. But mm-hmm. eventually, like, we're going next road trip we go on. After this homestand, we go to Boston and New York. I, I can't oh, imagine hello. how crazy that'll be. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. But... Uh, everywhere he goes and it's, I, I, I always, I guess I'll date myself a little bit. It's like the Rolling Stones or the Beatles going in concert. It is insane everywhere he goes. So, I mean, regardless of where he plays next year and I still firmly, I still am confident. I think you're going to see him wearing an angel uniform for his career, but, uh, until that happens, boy, everywhere he goes, is going to be the same stuff.
1: Mark, you think they have any idea how to keep Anthony Rendon on the field?
2: Yeah, you know what? He had an unreal spring training, and he was moving around as good as I've seen him when I watched him when he was with the Nationals. Uh, yes, he's he's going to have a big time of year. Yeah, he's in the midst of this suspension, and today's the last day of it. He'll play tomorrow, but uh, he looks fantastic. And I, uh, this team absolutely needs him.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely
2: needs him playing because he was he's such a leader, and and what he does at the plate, how he slows the game down. He's so calm. He hits the pitchers' best pitches. And all the other guys, whether it's Trout, Otani, or Renfro, or any of these young or these other players, young players included, just watch him and are amazed how he just hits the best pitchers, and he's never even looks like he's frazzled at all, and he looks incredible at third, like he did when he's with the Nationals. So I think the Angel fans are finally going to see him perform at the level they anticipated when they signed him.
0: Mark, we're going to let you run. Really great of you to join us today. Thanks so
2: much. Have a good year. Jeff, Kev, thanks, guys. I appreciate talking to you guys. We'll see you in Toronto sometime later on. Awesome. Absolutely. Look Can't forward wait.
0: to it. Take care. That's Mark Goobs, the Angels TV analyst. He's a, he was a great pitcher. He's part of a really good you royal could say, you staff.
1: Could only, I, you could argue that if Anthony has a, a, a full season, he's the reason why they will go to the playoffs. Yeah, You have to figure, if Trout stays on the field and can play 135, Five ish games, he's like he's sort of like Springer now. Uh, if Otani continues to do Otani things and they get some decent bullpen productivity, yeah, you'd that, have, you'd that, have to think Rendon is it links in their lineup. He's he's a tough out. Sounds like he's a good dude. If that matters to anybody, so yeah, I've got some. It's not I, a big deal for them. I mean,
0: I've got some concerns about the bullpen, but that's also something that you can, that you can address. It was really interesting, uh, you know, and Mark obviously Mark's a great deal of time around that team and like a lot of club broadcasters probably isn't pretty good contact with the ownership. He just like was dismissive of the idea. He's going to be traded. Yeah. There's no chance. There's no chance.
1: I'm with him. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not even in the room. I've never talked to the owner, but if you're the owner, I you'd, you'd be can't. nuts. Why would you? Why would you like, I, I, what, what am I going to get for him? Yeah. That's better than he is. Or he warrants me trading him. Like, and, I, and I think the, You won't. you
0: know, the, the, why go through the hassle? Yeah, that's basically what yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and, and the question about yeah. about Shohei handling the thing, and that—that's and that, a great point Mark made. I was just looking at the schedule. They are in Boston and New York. You know that is going to be a media circus. But I think maybe the fact that Otani's first language is Japanese might give him a little a little bit of a buffer there. Um, you know, the the Angels are pretty careful with how they with how they handle him. And I mean, I've got to think—you know—there will be a ton of. There's already a ton of Japanese media following. He handled him the WBC
1: great. You can tell. You yeah. can tell he he's the total package. Like he just yeah. oh every, he is. Every, every, he takes everything and just uh, he's happy.
0: He smiles through everything. But as Mark said, you know, it, you and it, it is an interesting point. If you bring him, if you bring him to your team, you are not just going to plop him down and let him run. You now you got the rest of your starters He's right. Guys have got to learn that there's a, and it's you're a good problem. To have. It's a good problem to have, but guys are going to have to learn to deal with the sixth man rotation. We talked about the DH. Bye bye, Vladdy DHing to keep his bat in the lineup. I'm saying if he were to come to Toronto, all, all I'm saying is it's it's you you do you do whatever you could to get him, but once you got him, the investment and the thinking isn't over. Once you've sold him on coming to your team, uh, now you've got to structure something. All things. you have
1: to do is say he's the best hitter you'll have. He's the best pitcher you'll have.
0: Figure it out. Yeah. It's I mean, it's real it's cut and dry. But it's gotta it's gotta listen, it's gotta be a situation when you bring him in. You've gotta have you've gotta have good players around him. He's um, gonna cost a lot of money. He's gonna cost a lot of money, and that's gonna be hard. You know, to you're paying this guy, it, it everybody's going to love him as a teammate. But you know what? If you bring Shohei Otani over and all of a sudden your chances of getting that four year contract go out the window, yeah,
1: I, 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 would, I would think if it's all about money, he'll be a Dodger next year. Dodgers is going back to truck up. Here, here's a blank check. I would feel the number you I would feel own.
0: more comfortable if I had a better grasp on what is going to happen with Angels ownership if the Angels are sold or if they bring new owners in which I think is more likely than if them they, selling, the then I lose. think he stays. Why would he want to go back if he could go to the Dodgers and, and will always win?
1: I mean, I already got a good team. You know, it's probably the reason why they didn't go out and do a lot of things in the offseason. Last year, you're thinking they're trying to save a little money, work some yeah. things around, back up the truck. I mean, that's basically what you're doing to his agent is just taking a check. And just handing oh, what it to did him
0: Joe, and saying, "Here you go." What did Joe Madden tell us? And we had Joe Madden on. You have to separate for both separate contracts. And, hey, I, makes I, sense. I, I don't, but I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if you, I, I don't know if you can do that. Like legally, I don't know if you can do it. I don't know if you can do that under the CBA. I just don't know. Anyhow, this is a great discussion with mm-hmm. Mark. Uh, Nine thirty-seven tonight. First pitch. Jay's opening a three-game series against the Angels. Shohei Otani won't be pitching, but he will be hitting we will be playing. So will Mike Trout as well. Have yourself a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday.